Welcome to the podcast that's all about empowering women so they can have a thriving career as a mother. This podcast is for high-achieving women who want to have a successful career without sacrificing quality time and connection with their kids. Get insights, tips and strategies about doing work you love by leveraging your natural gifts and superpower as a mom. It's time to change the narrative around being a career mom from one of struggle, sacrifice and stress to something that's empowering, uplifting and rewarding. Thanks for listening and join me on this journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I wanted to share with you this different definition of financial independence that I believe could possibly change your life. So before I go into this quote and share this quote with you, I wanted to just remind everyone and definitely those of you who don't know why I started this podcast. I started this podcast to help everyday people like you and me learn how to experience true financial freedom without necessarily being a billionaire because very often many people think that, oh yes, I'll feel financially free when I have X amount of dollars in the bank, right? Yet the reality is to get to X amount amount of dollars in the bank, there are going to be certain things we need to do to get there. And in the meantime, what are we supposed to do? Do we continue to feel anxious and worry about not having enough money? Or how can we even on this journey of amassing however many dollars that's going to make you feel more secure, how can you change the way you're being? So, of course, it's good. Some of you who want to have more money and maybe pay off debts and get more savings, that's all well and good. No doubt having money as a resource can help us to do a lot more than staying broke, not having any money. I, I don't disagree with that. But beyond making money that helps you bring comfort, security and a good life, this podcast is also about how we live our lives right here, right now, in a way where we can experience financial freedom from wherever we are on our journey right now, today. Okay, so this definition I'm going to be sharing with you about financial independence actually came from the late and great Jim Rohn. And I learned about this um, quote through Richard Dotter's book called Ban Money Secrets. Um, if you haven't read that, that's a um, probably more new sign. So for those of you who uh, are a little bit more adventurous, it's a pretty interesting book, a different perspective about money. And this quote has helped to shift my perspective. So I hope it helps to shift yours and uh, helps you to be financially independent and free from wherever you are right now on your journey. So this quote goes like this. Jim Rohn says that financial independence is the ability to live from the income of your own personal resources. The ability to live from the income of your own personal resources. And so if we break it down, financial independence has got three components, right? If we look at this quote, it is our ability to live, firstly. Secondly, it's about the income. And thirdly, it is income from our own personal resources. So what do all of these really mean? Well, here's my interpretation of it. And this, of course, it's just one interpretation. You may have your own, but I'm sharing with you my interpretation of it. So the first component of this quote is the ability to live. And I see 
my ability to live as breaking down into three very important parts. The quality of my life being determined by my level of self-awareness, self-acceptance, and self-love. And it kind of goes in chronological order, meaning to say that you can't really have self-love if you're not really self-aware to begin with, right? So what exactly is self-awareness? So, you know, self-awareness is really about whether or not you know who you're being. Is who you're being the person that you want, you know, is who you're being consistent with what you're doing, your daily habits, you know, your daily habits over time end up becoming the person you are, right? So that is why we want to make sure that what we're doing is meeting our true needs and it is empowering us to be the person we want to be. So if you haven't heard about this, I've talked about this in an earlier episode about how it's really our thoughts that create the feelings and emotions we feel and it is the emotions that we feel that then lead us to act in a certain way. And these actions and behaviors we then take will lead us to the outcomes and results we see in our lives. So if you haven't heard that episode about, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, please go and listen to that. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes below. So self-awareness, who are you being? Because ultimately we are a function of our habits. And, you know, have you looked at your daily habits? And I'm not talking about just, you know, what you do daily, the practical actions that you do, but also day to day, what's your state of mind? What kind of a person are you being in your day-to-day life? So are you feeling calm and joyful and free and at ease? Do you feel grateful for what you have? Are you confident and have faith in yourself that no matter what happens in your external world, um, events and people in your lives, that no matter what happens, you'll be okay? Or are you feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, maybe even trapped as if you are stuck angry and resentful, maybe very irritable over small things, or maybe you're unsure and anxious and fearful about the future as if you have no control over it. Because the outcomes and circumstances of our lives are really a direct result of our inner state of being. So the second part about this ability to live is self-acceptance. And the thing is, we all live around rules and codes that we've been raised to adopt. These are sometimes called our beliefs, our value system. And Albert Ellis, who was an American psychologist, has actually identified 14 self-defeating rules or beliefs that he has noticed in his career over his 35 years. He's noticed some trends that most people who have dysfunctional behaviors actually tended to operate from one or a combination of these 14 self-defeating uh, beliefs. And I'm not going to go into too much detail here. I probably will in a future episode. The bottom line is this, that our beliefs get formed when we are kids, when we're very, very young, by well-meaning, well-intentioned caregivers and parents who were there to protect us and look out for our well-being. However, over time, and you know, even when these beliefs were no longer relevant or maybe we've outgrown them, we still continue to operate out of these uh, codes of conduct, right? These rules that we have for ourselves about how we perceive life, how we live our lives. And sometimes some of these beliefs are not just irrelevant or outdated, but they end up disempowering us and limiting us. So this is where it is important that to get to a level of self-acceptance, first of all, we want to be aware of what kind of beliefs we have been operating out of. And also we want to get to a point that we can accept ourselves for 
who we are and not just the function of all these beliefs because ultimately we can change our beliefs to have more empowering beliefs. Just a very quick story to illustrate this point. I don't know how many of you know how baby elephants are trained for the circus. When they're baby elephants, they are taken. Usually they are rescued right from poachers or maybe their mums have died in the wild. So these baby elephants are then rescued and then, uh, you know, they brought to circuses and they are trained. And the way they are trained is that when they're still very young and they're not very strong, the baby trainer ties a noose around their neck and then, you know, that um, that rope is then tied down to the ground, right? So that the baby elephant can't run free or only has a certain amount of area to walk around. And at first, the baby elephant's going to try to break free and try to break free. And they'll keep trying until one day they have given up. They realize that, you know, um, I'm not going to be able to break free. I'm not strong enough. And this is, I'm just going to live with this space that I have to walk around with this noose around my neck. And that is the moment when the baby train, uh, the elephant trainers then come in to start training the elephants because that's when they know that the elephants, um, realize that they're not going anywhere, right? This is the only space that they have and they uh, have pretty much been, their will's been broken in a way, right? So we, we've also seen how we break wild horses. It's the same concept. And that's exactly what happens to us as well because many of our beliefs that we were trained with were trained from young. By well, like I said, well-meaning parents, adults, caregivers around us who also probably operated from those same beliefs and were trying to look out for our, our safety and our well-being. And these beliefs stay with us until we're adults, even when they no longer are relevant or maybe we've outgrown them. And the reason why that baby elephant no longer tries to break free, even though they get to a point when they're adults and they are definitely strong enough to break free, is they don't believe they can because they've been ingrained from young that they cannot. And so they grow up believing that that's the truth. Okay, and that's exactly what we do. These beliefs that we have from young, we end up growing up believing that these are facts, they are truths, they cannot be um, broken, they cannot be changed, they, um, and they are very often end up becoming self-imposed beliefs and they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Okay, and we don't really challenge them anymore. They've gone deep down in our subconscious, even unconscious mind that we don't uh, challenge them, we don't question them, and but that's how we live our lives from. We live out from these beliefs. Okay, so anyway, there are 14 of these very self-defeating beliefs that people tend to operate from, but it's until we get to this point where, first of all, we're aware of our beliefs and we can accept ourselves for those beliefs that we can get to a point of self-acceptance. And then after we can accept ourselves, that's when we can start to learn to love ourselves. Okay, when we realize that whatever we're seeing in our lives, whatever we're feeling, um, whatever outcomes we have or don't have, like or don't like, it is a product of our beliefs and that our beliefs can be changed to empower us and help us to become that person we want to be. And we'll know that because now we're self-aware. Then we can accept ourselves as imperfect, right? Whole fully whole human beings, but imperfect and that, um, you know, we're constantly evolving and that, that really is 
the purpose, right, of our lives. Like every day, just get a little bit better to become this person that we aspire to be. Um, and we do that every single day as we try to improve ourselves because we can't really develop confidence and faith in ourselves that everything will be okay no matter what happens outside in our external world, that no matter what, we're going to be okay when we can uh, love ourselves first because we can't love others and we can't really make a difference in the lives of people around us until we can stop judging ourselves, that we can accept ourselves and we can learn to love ourselves for who we are, you know, imperfect, no doubt, but definitely evolving and getting better every day. So that's how I see the first portion of the quote about the ability to live. It is having self-awareness, having self-acceptance and self-love um, so that we can go on to lead productive lives. The second part of the quote is really about income, right? So Jim Rohn talks about it as income. Many of us think of it in terms of money. And what mon- what is money anyway? Actually, if you think about it, money is simply a tool, right? It is a tool of exchange. In the old days, we had the barter trade. Um, you do something for me and in return, I do something for you. And it is nothing more that facilitated this exchange. So to me, money actually represents some kind of energetic exchange, right? Because I definitely have to expand energy to create a product or a service or do something, right, that you are willing to pay me for. Um, and in return, you know, I will pay money for to someone else who does the same thing for me. So it really, it just represents this exchange of energy. So if money is some sort of, you know, energetic exchange, and we know that our feelings are also some sort of an energy, then we know also that, you know, eventually, if you really think hard about it, what does money do for you? Why is it so important for you to accumulate so much money? Ultimately, it is to pay for certain things or services that will enable you to feel a certain way, right? Um, whether it is feeling happy, going on a trip, maybe being with your loved ones, with new experiences, or whether it is not having to worry because you know you've got your retirement funds or your kids' education funds, etc. It's like not having to worry, so feeling at ease, feeling relaxed. So my question to you is, is there, you know, like if you think about um Let's say, for example, you have lots and lots of money already, okay? And you don't have to worry about anything financially. How does that make you feel? I know for me, I will feel very relaxed. I'll feel free. I probably feel like I can take more time, spend more time to do the things that I like because those things that I like doing, for example, for me is reading a book, having a coffee, or just hanging out with my kids and doing stuff together. All those things help me and make me feel good, um, you know, and I definitely will be feeling very grateful for everything that I have. I mean, if I didn't have to worry about money, I definitely would feel very grateful. I definitely would be supporting causes that I believed in um, and I probably will spend more time to pursue things I really care about and love doing. So what is it for you then, if not having to worry about money? What kind of, how does that make you feel? So I'm just wondering whether or not you can create or recreate those feelings without necessarily having lots and lots of money in the bank, right? So some of the examples I already shared with you, like for me, it's just simply taking the time to just read more, 
Okay, um, you know, taking time out of my busy schedule to read more. It is taking time to do this podcast, for example, because I really believe in it. It's a interest and a passion I feel and I aspire to help people in the process when I'm doing this podcast and sharing whatever I'm learning with you. So how else can you recreate the, these kinds of feelings? Because Whatever anxiety we feel around money or feel like we don't have enough money and that anxiety that we feel around all that, these are again back to our limiting rules and beliefs about money, right? I mean, why do we assume that it's only by having a lot of money in the bank that we can feel those feelings of ease, relax, joy, gratitude, whatever it is for you, whatever it represents for you? Why do we assume that money can only come from a job when we know there are unlimited sources of money um, unlimited sources where money can flow from. And yes, I'm not saying that, you know, we don't need to be, we don't need to be uh, mindful. Of course, we still need money to pay for our rent, our bills, our food. But, you know, my question to you is, do we need to also throw in negative feelings like fear and anxiety? Are those really necessary when we think about, when we get so worried about not having enough money? Because ultimately, like attracts like. The more anxious and fearful you're being in your day-to-day interactions with people and events, then the more fearful and anxious your thoughts and energy you're going to recreate right in your mind, the more you're going to attract that kind of energy and the harder it is going to get for you to feel free and joyful and at ease while you're doing what you're doing to make a living right? Exercising your ability to live because we're all talking about we are enjoying financial freedom from wherever we are right now, from whichever point of the journey we're at right now. So to me, it is important, this second part about this idea of income and money, when we, whenever we think about financial independence and freedom, it is ultimately also your choice of the state you're choosing to be in, the kind of thoughts you're choosing to put in your head. Then finally, the third part, Jim Rohn talks about your own personal resources. So this final part of the quote, right, where he says that financial independence is the ability to live from the income from our own personal resources, which are your talents, your gifts, how you can use all of these to create something that helps or serves others and which they're willing to exchange their money or energy for, right? So this can be done for some people it's through a job, for some people it's by providing a service or a product that you create because we are all given abilities and talents for a purpose. We are all creatives. Um, no matter what your limiting beliefs, false beliefs you may operate from, you might think you're not a very creative person, you have nothing to offer, nothing much that people will pay you money for. Well, these are all beliefs, okay, that we talked about earlier on. So what are your abilities and talents? How can you use that for a purpose? How can you use it to help others? How can you use it to get paid for your talents, your gifts, your abilities, um, so that you can then live productive, useful lives, right? Lives beyond ourselves. Because one of the beliefs that Alice talks about is this idea that many of us go around life thinking that, you know, um, we ought to have a good life and that we just consume, that we think that by buying things or getting stuff, material stuff, you know, that's going to actually fulfill us when we are only thinking about ourselves, taking care of ourselves, all the self-interest, that is what fulfills us. But eventually, and that's why some people will get to a point, like I did, will get to a point where we can 
achieve everything we have set out to in terms of our career, maybe even in terms of our our money goals, and yet still feel like something is missing because ultimately um, we get fulfillment when we help others, when we contribute to something that is beyond ourselves, when we live for something that is beyond ourselves, whether you want to call it leaving behind a legacy or creating an impact, making a difference, you know, and we're not talking about big, big world global social movements here or anything, even being a good parent, raising, you know, um, sensible, responsible adults, uh, all of these things, you are living for something that's beyond yourself. When we do that, that's really where fulfillment comes. Okay, so the question is, how can we use our own gifts and talents and abilities to do that? Okay, what is it that you can offer? Because if you're here to just consume and live for yourself, you probably may end up finding that you reach a point in your life that you feel you might be questioning, you know, the purpose of your life, the meaning of your life. And I certainly don't want you to get to a point of despair and regret. So finally, the um, real meaning of financial independence uh, is really, it's very personal, right? So Jim Rohn's quote, financial independence is the ability to live from the income of our own personal resources. So how you choose to live, that's your personal decision and choice. And your own resources is about your own talents and what you create. And what financial independence looks like for me and feels like for me is my own as it is for you. How it looks like for you and feels like for you is yours. So there's no right way. There's no right X dollar amount that you must make. There's no set technique about what you must follow, you know, in order to be financially independent, to be financially free. Everyone's path is going to be unique. And no matter, you know, there's so many personal finance websites out there um, teaching you all sorts of techniques to make money. Like I said, my podcast is nothing about learning how to make more money. It's nothing like that. It's all about working ourselves, our inner selves especially. And it's as simple as that, right? Money is not hard to to understand. If you, it's a simple mathematical equation. It's not so difficult. And yet so many people struggle with it. Why? It's all our inner state. It's all our beliefs that is, you know, leading us to behave in disempowering ways. So it really is as simple as that. Life doesn't have to get so complicated, you know, as we make it out to be. But simple is always not easy to do right? So simple can be hard to do. So what are your action steps? I've talked a lot in this episode. There are three action steps here. So because I've broken that quote down into three parts, right? Ability to live, money, and personal resources. So the first one, ability to live. My question for you, who are you being? Are you self-aware? Do you accept and love yourself? And if you're not quite yet at that point, maybe we can start off with, first of all, identifying, do you have any negative or destructive habits? Um, do you operate your life out of the fear of lack, not enough? What's your state of being, right? So you want to then um, identify what triggers all these kinds of feelings for you and um, then find more empowering um, beliefs to replace the disempowering ones that can then help you to replace your behavior with something that is more empowering, more productive and helps you get closer to the person that you want to be. The second thing, which is about money, what, think about what are the feelings that, um, you know, having an abundance of money, for example, what kind of feelings, um, does that create for you? 
how and what does not worrying about money feel like for you and how else can you recreate those feelings? So here you want to get imaginative and creative. And finally, when we talk about personal resources, you know, which is about your talents, your gifts, your abilities, how you can use them. Do you know what you're great at doing? Have you discovered your talents through actions? Because of course, sometimes this is not clear cut, right? We don't really know and it takes time. We need to try things out. We need to ask for feedback and we need to be self-aware enough to observe as well. And, you know, ask yourself things like, how can you use your talents to create something to help someone to contribute to your family, your friends, your community, rather than just being a consumer? I mean, for me, like I said, this here, this podcast here is clear cut, right? I mean, I put it out there. Uh, I don't know how people are going to receive it, whether it's positively or negatively, but I feel that I feel that the challenges and my own crises and um, situations with financial anxieties, how I have learned to overcome it and still continue to learn, to practice how to put myself in a state of calm and um, ease and freedom and joy and gratitude, especially when it comes to money. It's a daily practice for me. I put it out there and I just continue to share it. Hopefully, you know, one or two of you finds this useful. But what is it that you can do? What is your story? What's your story that you can tell and you can share? Or um, what is it that you love doing? And how can you contribute? How can you create rather than just consume and complain? Okay, so I hope this episode has been useful for you. And as usual, you know, I would love to hear your feedback. And I hope this gives you a different perspective about financial independence. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Please share it with someone if you think that is going to help them. And I'll talk to you again in the next episode. Bye now. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so that more women can find it and benefit from it. To learn more about how you can thrive as a career mom, come to my free masterclass, Thriving in Career and Motherhood. Go to SharonSingSidhu.com forward slash meetup to register. I look forward to seeing you there.